I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Tuesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Thank you for joining us. This is your Ohio Bobcats preview. The Orange will open up their season on the road this Saturday at 7 o'clock in Athens, Ohio. We'll let you know what yes, we sir. think about that. Uh, if you did not listen to our last show, we had Tyler Morona and Michael Lasker on for a just a little conversation, maybe a state of the program conversation, and a lot of unknowns coming into this season. A lot of knowns, but a lot more unknowns on what it's going to look like. And we kind of it's mostly speculation, but we have some fun with it. Yeah, and thought uh, it was good. Had fun. Yeah, I had a blast. I had a blast doing it. Yeah. Now it's always it's always tough when when you bring someone on for the first time. It's a little more stiff, right? So it was the same thing with James. The same thing with Tyler, you know. And and then once you get them on a couple of times, everything loosens up. So we we would love to have um, Mike back on again Absolutely. sometimes sometime this football season. So. Uh, I did go over the buy seller holds during that episode, but I forgot to. I, I tweeted these, and I didn't want them to go to waste. I tweeted them and wanted fans' thoughts. So all of these are the fan con- consensus. Well, not consensus, but the fan majority rule here for all of the buy seller holds that we did. Or most of them. Uh, the first one: Syracuse will get eight wins, eight plus wins this year. That was from at three one five to seven zero four. We all sold very quickly. That was a lightning. That was a lightning round, and uh, out of um, 75 votes. Oh, most people didn't even take their time with this. 72% of Syracuse fans said sell. Uh, Babers sticks with the QB system for the entire season. Buy, sell, or hold from at James Zuba, our boy James. And out of 119 votes, 70% said sell. Um, Syracuse football will make a bowl game this year out of 257 votes. Um... 59% said sell. Mm. Okay, well. 
Joe was a little optimistic on that. Everybody actually was, except for me. I was the only one above, uh, sub 500 on that. Uh, the Dome will remain at full capacity for the entire season. Fans said 51% sell, 28% bought, and uh, 21% hold. So, anyways, I wanted to go over those because I took the time to do them, and I didn't want them to go to waste. Right? Right. All right. So, we are going to go over the depth chart that just came out. A little tiny bit of news. I think we'll probably do some of the other news in within the depth chart itself. And then we'll do some some other news and then we'll get into the preview and then we are going to start this year fresh with our picks and I am going to personally keep track of these between Joe and I and we are going to see who who wins this year. Who wins? Who's the closest? This is this is closest score of every game. Are we really going to keep track this year? Yes, we are. We are. We are going to keep track this year. And why? Why do you? Um, why do you poo-poo that? Well, it's just. I mean, because usually I just start off the season, you know, kind of kicking your ass on it, and then you kind of forget and you stop keeping track, and then the next thing you know, we get to the end of the season and we don't even know, like where we're at. Well, part of this is poor planning, and just laziness. To be quite honest with you. I mean, everybody should honestly be happy that we even get here to do this with the way both of our personal lives and work lives are right now. So yeah. I, a lot of crazy stuff going on for Joe and, and, and me as well as, as far as work goes is awfully draining. Joe's buying a new home, so he is um, every day something with that. So anyways, yeah. and plus working in the promotion, which, you know, requires a little bit more attention. So as, as most yeah. do. So... Anyways, while we're talking about buy, sell, or holds and things like that, it'd be great if you would go to the iOS or Android stores, download the app for the Spotify Greenroom, download that thing. All you need is a username, a password, and an email address to sign up. It's free. Get there. Follow us at Cuse Militia um, on on the, the Spotify Greenroom app. You can um, opt in for notifications when we go live. When we go live, you will get a notification. You can click on that. You can either just listen live in the room. You can sit there and chat in the room. You can chat amongst each other if there's more, if there's a couple of you in there. And you can also request to be on the show. And I already know who's coming. So I will be able to see who it is. I'll be able to call on you. And then you unmute yourself, as we found out in the last episode. Unmute yourself mm-hmm. to get on and talk. And it would be great for fan feedback and all those other things. But, you know, it's great if you follow us. Obviously, that's why uh, we are here talking about it and why they sponsor the show. They want us to tell you so that you download the app. But you can also do your own thing. You don't have to just listen to us. You can start your own room, go live, and people can listen to you, talk to you, chat with you, or get on with you. And you can do your thing. And then topics range from... Sports to politics to pop culture. I mean, they got betting, MMA. They got everything there. So download it now. iOS or Android stores. It's free. Go do it. Appreciate it. Spotify Greener. Okay. All right. So, all right, Joe. The depth chart came out. And uh, the only buy, sell, or hold I remember from you for last year is... Uh, turned out to be a, you turned out to be wrong on it. It was the only one I remembered, which was that gear trader was going to start. looks like Tommy DeVito is going to start. So as I'm looking at this thing, are there any real surprises to you other than 
Other than, I saw one on here. I was, oh, Abdul Adams isn't, isn't listed anywhere, which I thought was odd. But Sean Tucker is going to get the start. I think after last year, I don't think any of us thought any different, right? Um, I think right. we, we knew he was going to be a, a good contender for that. Chris, Chris Elmore is going to start at tight end with uh, yeah. Luke, Luke Benson backing him up. That's a little bit of a surprise, I mean, I suppose, right? Right. But more of a natural position for him. So do, did you see anything, kind of? There did, was a couple things that actually surprised me uh, that kind of said a lot. Um, looking at the, the two deep of the receivers and seeing Taj Harris as the starter in the slot, I'm sure if mm-hmm. they ended up going to a two-receiver set, then he'd be out there. But having Sherrod Johnson, seeing him out there, uh, hopefully he can step up. Uh, he's been around for, you know, four, maybe five years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. So uh, he's getting to the point where, you know, he's probably got some, you know, he does. He's got Damian Alford, a freshman and probably a Rondé Getson, who's another freshman uh, with some size that's pretty much chomping at his heels, and um, he's going to have to prove himself out there. And I have to imagine he's probably just the starter because usually you get the older guys that are better with the, you know, the run blocking and stuff like that down the field. But um, I like to see a Rondé Getson and Damian Alford up there in that 2 deep, especially with Courtney Jackson there behind Tosh Harris. So. I think our receivers, um, they look pretty promising, and we know what Taj Harris and some of these other guys can do. So now it's time for the other guys to uh, prove themselves and make it a true competition to see who can step up. But I, mean, I can easily see us going six deep there. Um, uh, also, obviously, Darius Tisdale getting the start at right guard over to Dakota Davis, but that still yeah. could be you know, just him missing time, and, and Darius has been in there. So um, really nothing to see there. But really the biggest thing, I think, uh, to me was the um, – the free safety, like the safety positions, you know, it kind of tells me a lot because Aaron Coley. Well, Eric, so we all know Jahad Carter. 
had a great freshman year, but he also, um, between him and Rob Hanna, they both were true freshmen. They came in, they had great, great freshman years stepping in for the guys that got hurt, Eric Coley and, and Andre Cisco. But they also were number one and number two on the team in missed tackles. And we, you know, you could. There's times when you visibly saw that they just. It was the strength, you know. It wasn't the mental, you know, or the athletic ability to be there. It was just they missed the tackle because just bigger, faster, stronger, you know, guys that are four or five years older. So um, to see that, you know, now Eric Coley was a starter last year until he got hurt the first game of the season, and now Jahad Carter he's starting over him. Um, only after one off season of you know him playing uh, last year. Um, Rob Hanna getting the start, it really didn't surprise me. But the other How one, I think, Deuce was Deuce Chestnut. Well, Deuce Chestnut, we've been hearing good things out of camp. Uh, so I expected to see the Amon Greenwoods and the Neil Nuns and the Adrian Coles kind of be in the two deep. But Deuce Chestnut, from everything that I've heard, there's no reason how. You know, he's going to make mistakes, but there's no reason. He, no way he wasn't going to be the, the opposite starter of Garrett Williams for probably the last two weeks now. Um, but really, Ben LeBros. Uh, getting that other safety starting spot over Jason Simmons, the transfer from New Mexico State. Um, really heard good things about both of them. Ben LeBron, 6'2", 200 pounds. It's, a, it's pretty big. Same thing with Jahide Carter. So just to see that, you know, our three safeties, you know, it kind of makes me nervous, but it also kind of shows some promise because those guys got a lot of burn last year as true freshmen. And you see they put a little bit of weight on and they won their respective positions or, um, you know, position battles uh, thus far this season so it shows that we got a little bit of depth and i mean obviously we're going to see more than just the starters but um i'm impressed with that and uh hopefully you know having those three freshmen back there doesn't mean we get burnt through the air again um and hopefully it means that you know they learned through the freshman experience and now they had a year to kind of get bigger faster stronger because they know what to expect i think um <clears throat> this you know, we talked a lot, and you know, throughout this season last year about this Josh Huff, the running back with the tree trunk legs. I mean, he was amazing in in high school. I I don't see him anywhere on here. I do know that he did have an owie, as coach said, uh, a couple right. a couple weeks ago. So we don't mm-hmm. know the status of that. But I would expect this kid, if he gets a little bit of burn, to do some things. I I guess it might be the expectations that were laid in front of me, but. I would expect him to, as time goes on, to get a little bit more and more. And maybe some of that's just me being wildly excited about seeing him. But uh, <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> freshman, freshman James Williams uh, is going to start as the punter. And, uh, you know, so we, we get to see a little bit of new kicking action going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Well, but the running backs, the running backs, I mean, realistically, with him getting his owie and I, I don't we still don't even know how bad it is. And with, you know, just seeing the depth chart of these three plus Abdul Adams that, you know, is on there as well. Um, I thought it was pretty much a foregone conclusion, especially because we know that Jarvion Howard's a pretty good goal line uh, running back. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Huff was probably going to redshirt anyway. So uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm, ex- I'm excited about the kid, too. But with the depth that we have this year, like I, I, I see him having to get a year to kind of get into college just football the, shape the speed just the, yeah. the speed yeah and everything yeah bigger faster stronger as we always state at the beginning of every year uh yeah i i would agree i mean you know there's a couple Sometimes. of them there's a couple of them that i favor coming in malcolm folk you know right. we kind of expected him and he he would we he had an interview with him and we kind of I think josh, josh huff he looks kind of like a fullback though right yeah I mean, he's, he's a big giant. boy so yes. I, I look at him and i'm like okay so he's got the running back skills it's just how do we because he doesn't need to be that big 
I can see him, you know, putting on muscle but leaning down and be, being able to make himself quicker and more agile um, and faster as well. So, uh, again, uh, maybe, you know, blessing in disguise, don't want to lose a year and he can take the off season or the, you know, the season. My fear is, get, is always if he doesn't know that coming into it. Well, that's true. But, you know, because, again, he could have a bad injury to where he needs surgery we still don't even know yet yeah we last last we heard he was getting his mri and then i haven't heard anything about it i don't know if you have but no well obviously that is always the biggest question mark is what do we got coming into this we never know injuries until pretty much until we know that it's bad right so they either come back or we find out because it's so bad that they just release the information uh McKinley, yeah, they just Mc- wait until it's a definite. Right. McKinley Williams, obviously, we've heard rumblings. He was uh, sick or he was ill. Coach called the medical issue today. So, our, excuse me, was that Friday uh, in his press conference? And so he is a starter on the depth chart. So that gives me a glimmer of hope that he's expected to play, but we don't know. It could be a, right. a juke move. Um, we just don't know. But, you know, with that said, hopefully, for crying out loud, that, um, you know, coming back, obviously opting back in this year, um, he, I'm sure, is just chomping at the bit. And uh, he's he's a huge part of that defense. So, yeah. um, it would well, and, too, it's exciting, too, because, I mean, Jeff Cantonarku, he I think he broke out a little bit last year, right? Yeah, he and did. To see, yeah, I mean, and, to, and to see Marlowe Wax pass him on, on the depth chart, I mean, those guys are going to get playing time to back up um, – you know, linebackers as well. And uh, the versatility, but, but too, for Wax, because he was originally uh, recruited as a running back, wasn't he? Well, he was running back linebacker, but he okay. was being recruited by major conferences for both positions. Um, but, yeah, for him to come on and, and, and take that spot, and then obviously, too, Anwar Sparrow, I remember, or Anwar Sparrow, I remember watching his tape, um, and he was a true freshman, I believe, last year, so this is his second year, I believe, and he um he being a, you know hitting the two deep being uh, the backup to Mikel Jones um, again pretty impressive seeing seeing some of these guys come up so I honestly can't wait to see see this team um, and see where some of these these players are because we saw some of these young guys who were for all intents and purposes thrown in because of injuries last year that now have surpassed some of these people that they were behind last year right right so. So um, I just can't wait to see the jump. That's all. I know I can't. I can't wait to uh, just, you know, be able to evaluate this and know what we got. There's so many unknowns that mm-hmm. it's it's just the anticipation of it all is is killing me. And if it's killing me, guys, then I know some of you <laughs> are jumping on your skin because I'm not one itching to watch watch football because we all know that means the end of summer and and we all know that i i, I hate that and i hate talking about it sorry uh, but yeah i know it, 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 september look, 1st bro i think all, it's pretty much over all i gotta do is move to florida then i won't care i won't care mm-hmm. you know after the kids graduate high school and figure out what the hell they're gonna do then that's bold move cut that's the plan man you know what i'm saying um so just a little bit more news in if you didn't already know, Trill Williams, he made the Miami Dolphins 53-man roster. Yes, sir. Uh, Cisco made the Jaguars roster. Melifonu made the Lions roster. Congratulations to those three. I don't think there was much of a question for them three. 
and and even Tristan Jackson, who who was cut by the Rams. Um, you know, it's too bad for him. Maybe he gets on a pe- practice squad or something and, and works his way yeah. back up. And no, like Nolan Cooney got cut. Nolan Cooney, Hoff, yeah. Hoff Richter got cut after playing last year. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That 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 was uh, a little bit of a surprise, but yeah. Well, I thought Trill. I mean, Trill Williams, obviously. Well, Trill you know, and Cisco, I thought hands down were definites. In my opinion, that's just. I did, well, I thought based upon where they were drafted. I mean, you usually don't draft somebody in the top three or four rounds and they don't make the roster. So, True, right. Yeah. Usually, I mean, I looked at it like Malafuanu and Cisco were pretty much, you know, de- definites. Um, Trill Williams, he was the one that was undrafted. So, um, and it's a long trek on a, on a team, especially like the Dolphins. I mean, just for his start, right? I mean, he left early, didn't get drafted. Then got picked up as undrafted free agent for New Orleans, failed the physical. Then got picked up by Miami, who's pretty deep at cornerback. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he climbed that mountain. And, I mean, not too many guys do that. You know? No, and he just and didn't A lot of those up. guys are just happy enough to do good enough to get signed to the, the practice squad. Right. Especially when you're coming from undrafted. To be able to make the team, um, you know, that's, kudos to him, man. Yeah. He had a great offseason. He had a great preseason. Great offseason, everything. Yep, so be on the, I mean, it's going to be fun to see those guys come through. Cisco on yeah. a team that's going to be, well, Travis Etienne, he's done for the year, right? So you still got, yeah, he's yeah right? So you got Trevor Lawrence and, and. It'll uh, be interesting to see if Cisco starts. Cisco, yeah, I mean, he's a monster, man. Maybe he doesn't start immediately, but, I mean, there's a chance he gets a lot of playing time. I don't think who's going to start. Uh, Trill Williams probably won't start either, but like I said, I mean. Those were guys. I didn't even know that Melfamano was really going to get drafted that high, like throughout the season, until they actually went out and he started like doing workouts and stuff. And they're talking about, you know, you might get drafted in the top three or something. You know, uh, I, I didn't even see that. So, um, yeah, good for all them. Yeah, and Mike, uh, Dolphins are Mike's Michael's favorite team. So, yeah, that's right. He's got a he's got so a cute player on. He's got a cute player on his team. That's awesome. Must be nice. Riley Dixon did make a roster though. You yeah, still got to keep that punter. He's you a up. hell of a he's he's a hell of a punter, bro. <laughs> yep, he is. I mean, you know, I hate the Giants, but I, you gotta give props where props are due. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> real quick, guys, quickly, I'm gonna be quick here. Get to the iOS or Android store, download the Green Room Spotify app, get on there, follow us at Qs Militia. Also, all you need is an email, password, and a username and you are in and you are in for free follow us on there sign up for the notifications when we go live you get notified and you can join us in the green room also you can do your own thing in the green room as i mentioned before so ios or android stores free download it please so we can stop talking about it because we're going to kick this thing off by the way sunday 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 it's getting kicked off so get in there do some live fan <laughs> feedback. Or you can make us look stupid. One or the other is fine. <laughs> All right, Joe. Let's get into this. Our first preview of the 2021-22-ish. Um, 2021, really. Right? Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, football season. So, all right. This was a difficult one to do. I'm not going to lie to you. 
But coached by former offensive coordinator Tim Albin after head coach Frank Slowick retired. Um, this is Solich. his so, whatever Slowish Solick Solich. Solich whatever. Who cares? He doesn't he doesn't coach anymore. Uh, Tim Albin does. Uh, pretty pretty decent quarterbacks. Speaking of dual quarterback system, they've got they've got a couple of guys who can make plays with their feet. Uh, Curtis Rourke, he is. Um, He's more of a pocket guy, but he does the running. Armani Rogers, he's he's the guy you got to watch out for. Um, but he can run and he can make plays with his feet, but they both can. But Armani Rogers is the one. So you know when he's got the ball, he's thinking about taking off. Um, they'll be playing behind a pretty solid line. They get back four starters, but they did lose all-star center Brett Cottrell. So there is that. Um, it's tough losing a senior center like that the uh receiving core has a slew of deep threats that quote should hit the orange secondary hard according to uh, collegefootballnews.com huh i said where'd that come from at collegefootballnews.com okay isaiah cox he is averaging over 20 yards per catch on seven grabs he led the team in 2019. They did lose uh, Shane Hooks. He was a pretty decent playmaker. Ended up going to Deion Sanders, Jackson State. There's two brothers playing tight end, Adam and Ryan Lurham, right? Lurham? Uh, Lurham. Lurman. Lurman, yeah. Um, they were going to both get action at tight end. A seemingly dual threat backfield even with DeMonte Tugger and O'Shea Allison. Uh, they're both around the same size, and they can they can both put on a little bit of a show. I think Tugger Tuggle, excuse me, is the starter. Um, yeah. So Joe, although finishing two and one last year, they had a shortened season because of COVID. Obviously, they're a one point five favorite, um, one point five point favorite. Also, there's a lot of season players returning, and what I would be guess, what I would guess they'd be obviously hungry, chomping at the bit to get after this. So. A little bit, I mean, the spread, I mean, you know, we only pay so much attention to the spread, but this is at their home turf. They do have some experienced guys. Their season was shortened, and, I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. It doesn't look like a walk in the park. No. No, I mean, a lot of times when you look at losing a, a head coach, then especially that close to the season. He's been the offensive of coordinator, though, right? He's well. That's the thing. Is so uh, Solich has been there for 16 years. He's a pretty well-known uh, head coach. You know, there's respect there that's given. And um, the guy that uh, Tim Albin has been with him all 16 years. So, as far as continuity and as far as coaching staff and all that stuff goes, it seemed to me like they kind of had that locked in. So I don't know how much that's going to affect it. But really, where it comes down is is really now you got a guy that's got to make those in-game decisions. You know, a lot of times in college. We've seen where you have good coordinators that can handle, you know, up to this this point, right? But to be the head coach, it's got to kind of make all the calls and work together with your coordinators uh, to kind of orchestrate the whole thing and, you know, make the the tough calls. You know, field goal, go for it. You know, fake punt, punt, timeout. You know, all that stuff. Um, that's that's a different ball game, and you never really know how somebody is going to um, to coach when they go from coordinator to head coach just because you can be a coordinator doesn't mean you can be a head coach um but that's not True. to say that he isn't going to be successful as well um sure um looking at their their schedule i mean we have 
they have us on the schedule, obviously, first game. Um, but their third game is against uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who's starting the season ranked. Uh, they almost went undefeated last year. And they also play Northwestern week four at Northwestern. Uh, the, Louisville, the Louisiana Lafayette games at Louisiana Lafayette, too. Um, so they got some a difficult little uh, non-conference uh, there. But going into the first game of the season after a shortened season last year with their head coach gone, um, I'm sure that they're going to try to, you know, win one for the Gipper, as the old adage uh, is. And um, so they're going to come out tough. And, you know, I don't know what their situation was, obviously, with fans. I know I saw some type of tweet or something from somebody in the Ohio area or that area that said they were going. He was a Syracuse fan, and he kind of just let everybody know that he called the box office and they're not uh, the the stadium isn't mandatory in any uh, masks, any uh, you know tests or, or vaccination cards or anything like that. So there's not the, any type of um, those things that are uh, going to co- prohibit anybody, and um, uh, there should be a full stadium. So, and it's at night, you know that that those night games, those daunting night games, when you get those riled up uh, college kids in there. Um, it's obviously the one and a half points. I mean, it's going to be tough. Everything on everything that you look at is like, okay, this is probably not going to be that easy. Um, they're also they got um picked to finish third in the MAC uh, today as well. So it's a situation where you got a team that's you're talking about top three in the MAC. Those aren't easy outs, especially like I said, away at night. Um, you you mentioned some of the players. They did have a quarterback controversy, and you're absolutely right. Um, as far as the uh, the two quarterbacks that Curtis Rourke, he his older brother played for Ohio. Yeah. Um, and now he plays for Ohio and he is going to be the starting quarterback. And like you said, you know, with the likes of Isaiah Cox and uh, uh, Lurmans and the uh, I was reading up a couple um, receivers to look out for. Um, Wade Sheets is looking pretty good, and Miles Cross is looking pretty good as well. Uh, look out for those names as far as receivers go. Um, but those are younger guys, so I don't know where you got that sporting news thing. But from what I read from, um, you know, an Ohio um, page, you know, local news or whatever, that they're worried about the depth of their receivers, and they're pretty much run heavy anyway. I mean, you nailed it on the head. Their best player is Tuggle. Demontre Tuggle is easily their best player. Uh, there's a YouTube video out there, um, Ohio Bobcats football, where they listed their top 10 players, and um, Demontre Tuggle was number one. So they're very, very run heavy. When you look at even last year, uh, Curtis Rourke, he was the starter, and he only threw 44 passes in three games. So you're looking at a guy that never even threw 20 passes in, in a game. They're a run heavy team. Meanwhile, Demontre Tuggle himself had 53 carries in three games. So it's going to be a situation where they're going to run. Uh, they're going to try to mix in passes. You know, I'm sure Lurman's going to get a couple, uh, and they're going to try to dink and duck and probably trying to get Isaiah Cox there in the open. From, from what I understand, I mean, he only threw for 386 yards and three touchdowns in three games. So when you look at the average, I mean, you're talking about, what, 15 throws? It's so hard to you go know? off of. Yeah, I, I, I know, know it's hard to go off of, but you're talking about three MAC teams as well. It wasn't like these were like. And one was Bowling they played against Green, last year. notably. Awful. Two of the games they played against were really bad teams, right? Yeah. They lost to Central Michigan Akron. in the first game. So when you look at Rourke's average last year, you're talking about what? You know, 15 passes for 128 yards and a touchdown a game. Yeah, what was the. Uh, in, in Tuggle, he was like 6.8. 
eight. He was fifty-three attempts for four hundred and three yards. What and was six his touchdowns. average? That's an average six, of seven point six. Seven point six. Yards okay. All right. Yeah, and they have O'Shawn uh, Allison and uh, Julian Ross as well. That can that can carry uh, the, the load as well. So I expect to run heavy. Curtis Rourke, like you said, he doesn't really run. He had fourteen attempts for seventeen yards last year in those three games. Uh, but again, they said something about a, a dual threat. So. I can really see a situation where, you know, their offense just isn't getting it done. And they bring in Armani, Armani Rogers who's going to come in and he's going to run. Um, is it RPO you know, stuff or is it, see, I, can, I mean, so hard to tell like what he's doing. I don't Cause think it seems it's RPO stuff as much as it's just kind of, he just takes uh, off. If he sees an opening, well, he's going to take off that. And they probably have some designed runs in there for him as sure. well. I mean, he had right. in three games, Three games, he didn't even start as quarterback. He had 19 carries for 114 yards and two touchdowns. Only threw the ball nine times. So, um, I'm do looking you, at it as... Do you... Okay, so you, what you get... This almost looks like a situation like that we're in, as far as Syracuse goes. A pocket passer versus a runner. Sure, yeah, and I know. first game of the season, you really don't know which guy... They do know, upon, though. They did, they've seen that? both of their guys. I'm talking about Ohio. Oh, yeah, they've seen it, but, again, you only see it in certain spurts, right? I mean, Curtis Rourke, he's obviously a sophomore this year. He's a freshman last year, so he's definitely probably making a, a leap if or taking a leap if they're, you know, calling him that, you know, quarterback. But at the same time, they're still not telling Armani Rogers that you're not going to get any playing time because, you know, he's so dynamic on his feet and he's got those little – I mean, I'm sure they're going to have little plays for him in there, maybe plays where he comes in and the other quarterback stays in. Who knows? I mean, there might be some trick plays in there. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, again, like I said, it's the same thing as us. If Curtis Rourke, if he struggles, then I then I can see Armani Rodgers coming in to make plays on his feet and help Ohio score some points and win this game. And um, it's, it's vice versa. Same thing when it comes to talking about our quarterbacks as well. I was going to ask you a question, and you cut me off. Sorry, I can't man. remember what it was. But, um... Well, I guess the other big thing, too, is uh, the linebacker, Key Thompson. He's got a knee injury. He's going to be out, and he was uh, ranked as, like, the top seven player on the defense. So, um, this defense was young a couple years ago, but um, from what I understand, they're maturing. There's two safeties um, on that list as well. So... Uh, heard good things, and you know, what I read, they were really, really excited about their secondary this year and their linebackers this year as well. So, um, yeah, I, Ohio, from what I remember, they were always a team that kind of their defense kind of helped them stay in games. They weren't always they weren't a, a world beater, but they were a pretty solid defense. They lost Austin Conrad, not that it matters in the backfield and on defense, but um, they re, they return a, a couple of really big dudes on the line 300 pound kyle mccracken so it's going to be interesting especially with syracuse you know we don't i gotta i just have a feeling i mean i'm just confused on what it's their offense is going to look like so and on the on the flip side of that too like what the what our dbs are going to look like like obviously you have garrett williams back there but you know I don't know. Maybe that's why they think. Maybe that's why collegefootballnews.com thinks they got some some power deep threats. Receiving court has a slew of deep threats that should hit the orange secondary hard. That was the quote um, I pulled. But uh, no, anyway, we'll see. Well, exactly, we'll see. Um, 
that would be, that would be my only worry. I don't see him going after Garrett Williams a ton. I mean, I mean, Isaiah Cox, gotta, he's solid, and if, right. like, if Garrett follows him, I don't know if we if we just play sides or if we follow receivers. I don't know, but he's the one that that we really really got to stop. Uh, wanna... We know that they're going to be run heavy to begin with, so. Um, as long as we can stop the run, which obviously we had issues with last year, um, and, you know, just don't let them hit us up with big plays. If, you know, if they start getting good runs, then, you know, people are going to move up, then they'll hit us with the play action. Then that's when they get the big plays. I just don't see this team coming out running and gunning and passing all over us. It's a more of a, a slower paced running team. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be kind of a grudge match for the most part. I mean, you got to get. You got to think. First game of the season. This team played three games last year. We obviously had a rough year, and we're we're going to be getting our footing. And I think they're going to be obviously they're going to be getting their footing. It's going to be ugly. I think it's probably going to be typical ugly at first until these guys right. get settled in. Like you mentioned, it's a little bit later of a game. I think that benefits them. Um, oh, yeah, especially at home. Yeah, especially at home. So, anyways, it's going to be it's going to be a blast, especially in prime time. And by the right. way. There's Darlington Southern 500 is being played at the same no, time, so I'm gonna have awesome. to get dueling TVs. Wow. Well, you know the other thing you got to look at too is this team didn't. They played three games last year. They didn't even play a full season. I, mean, I know. Regardless, of, the, regardless. I mean, you can look at this team and their situation, but regardless of, I mean, at least we got 11 games in, and the the guys that came back got to grow, got to get that experience. You know what I mean? Uh, you never want to go one in ten, obviously, but. Uh, it's better than just playing three games and your season getting canceled. So we talked about that all last year about how we'd rather see them play and lose all the games. And something like that is a situation where even if just because they played it out, they're probably going to be in a better position than this team. Um, I see it as, you know, most likely a defensive game. I don't think it's going to be as if, if, if it's high scoring, it's because, you know, we're protecting Tommy and, and he's just hitting people all over the place or, Schrader comes in and, you know, surprises all of us. Um, but I don't see their offense running away with the game. I would agree. I still think it's going to be close. Which leads me to this. Um, no? You don't? Well, let's what? let's do this. No, well, I'm, I'm saying, yeah. Okay, let's do this. It's time for picks. It is time for picks. Do you have anything, anything, any last words on Ohio Bobcats for crying out loud? I can't wait until this game is done because we try to to give the best information, right? Right. Which is why I went to all their sites for all their stuff. And and it's nerve wracking too, because based upon the, you know, the, uh, the episode that we just had, we know how important this game is, but then the next three after we, we talked Rutgers, we talked Liberty. We almost talked as if this game was pretty much a shoe in, right. You know, and, um, like I said, I mean the the money line has has changed. The money line it went from they were um, a one point favorite to a one and a half point favorite to now Syracuse is a one and a half point favorite. So, oh um, okay, well, I didn't see that. That's and, my bad. And a lot of people, a lot of people have been I've been seeing a lot of um, people picking this game, talking about if you want easy money, you know, people just think that we're we're going to go in and we're going to handle it. Maybe not blow them out, but they look at it as an ACC team. They'll beat them by at least a touchdown, right? So. I think there's a good chance that Syracuse destroys this team. I think there's a good chance of that. I think really, I could see that happening. Yeah, I don't see a way in which Syracuse loses this game. 
Okay, I'm not poo-pooing the Ohio Bobcats, but I think it's going to be close. But I could see them just just wrecking them. See, now I, I don't. So- I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying I could see it. I don't see us getting wrecked, and I don't see us losing on a last-second field goal. If we blow them out, I think it's because our defense like scores a touchdown and has ridiculous amounts. Of, oh, like yeah, just plays possible. out of their mind. That's possible. Like out of their mind. I just don't. It's hard after last season to to come on the air the first game of the season this year and say that we're going to blow them out based upon our offense. Did I say we were going to blow them out? I said, said I could, could see, see it. it. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. You where close your eyes and you can see it. I could see it happening where Syracuse is that motivated to come out here and punch someone in the nose because of all the negativity that they've just been able to feed off of and hold in, and it's just pure motivation and just right. mayhem. And you're just you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And you when you finally get the pads on and you get to hit someone besides your your buddy on the other side of the line or vice versa. You, you, who knows? I can see yeah. a situation where searches they got something to prove. They got these four well, guys coming mm-hmm. back. They got they they're coming back for revenge. They they're going to give a reason exactly. So I could definitely see a situation where Syracuse blows this team out. I don't think it's going to happen. But also, yeah. Rutgers is a whole nother ball game as well, and we'll talk about that next week. But you no, know, yeah. I mean, you well, know, and Dino's feeling the heat. Yeah, well, I'll and be honest with you. Too, Joe, real quick, he didn't sound too confident, in my opinion, on his last really? press conference about, you know, coming out and punching Ohio in the mouth. He really? didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a ton of confidence out of him. Now, he's been yelling a lot, and he was losing his voice a little bit. No, so, I mean, you also so, said that it's been a bad week already, so maybe it's just the natural negativity that's been flowing through your veins for the past two days. I, just, I don't. Well, look. I'm just saying I didn't get that. You didn't I get that from Coach. It. I didn't. No. Okay. Well, I just got that. I just got the little bit of that vibe. Like he wasn't extremely confident, or you know, maybe he's. Re- you know, we know how he is. He's very reserved. Yeah. He doesn't give up too much information. He never gets too excited. He always gives yeah. them benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, that's what coaches do. So I'm just simply stating that if you're going to come out and make the bold claim of, and like I said, you said you can see oh, if there's oh any God. fan out there that just is assuming that we're just going to blow this team out. I pray the only way that this could be logical is if you're going off of basically what Sean just said and the fact that Babers is playing for his job probably in your mind. I don't think so. I think there's a good chance that Babers is 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 definitely on the hot seat. I'm not saying he's going to get replaced, but if we don't have uh if we don't have a don't something so, to sh- if we don't have something to show for, the, the, I mean, it's going to be the talk of the town. He's smart enough to know. I understand. He knows, that. and at, like what I, like what I said, based upon what you said about the players and having that coming back to prove something, plus with with Baber's uh, situation, that's the only real way that you could think. You, you got Okay, ha- this team's going to come out in, and that would be a positive. If that happens, I'd be like, okay, and this team is probably right where I want where I want it to be. Week one, you've got right? Tommy DeVito too playing for his starting spot. Garrett Trader's got nothing to lose. Tommy DeVito's got to come out and impress. He's got he's got a reason to come out and just light it up, okay? Because a lot it, of it, them do, but I understand, him. but especially him. And also, this offensive line's got something to prove. There, there's so many, there's so much negativity that surrounds this Syracuse football team between the fans and some of the writers and just some of the 
you know, some of not just the writers on our, you know, in our circles of Syracuse media, not saying I'm we're Syracuse media, I'm saying the basics, you know, you know who they are. Yeah. But beyond, you know, the the outside writers that aren't Syracuse writers. It's just a lot of negativity. And it's in and if and if I'm athletes don't go, oh well man, I guess we suck. That's just not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh well, I guess we're finished so last. I guess we're guess we're screwed. Uh hey, you know, guys, they t- just said we're finished last. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, Tommy, it's not funny. Yeah. It's really, it's not funny. <laughs> Tommy DeVito has been, he has been smiling throughout his press conferences. You can tell he can't wait to get out there. He's got something to prove. And um, he seems very confident in himself as well. Mm. So, well, look. To play, to play devil's advocate, he's looked pleased. great in practices in, in the spring and in the fall. Every for year? every offseason that we've had, and yeah, he's always came off like that. He interviews great. He does. He does. And he's confident in himself, but that's half of it. Well, you have to be, but yeah. yes, that is half of it. And again, I mean, you can do all that, but when the bullets start flying in, it's not just whistle-blow, two-hand touch, don't hit the quarterback. Absolutely. That's, that's when you need to be there, and that's when all that stuff needs to shine. And he knows that. Um, he had an interview um, with a reporter, or the two-minute drill, two drill. The reporters, yeah. yeah. And he just talked about the biggest thing for him was basically mental. You know, only starting four games and then having to sit out the rest and help all the young guys and get them prepared. He, he you know, watched more film. He looked into other things, and um, he got his, his mental right. And we talked about that. We knew that as soon as that pocket collapsed and he had to make that decision, he was, he was not that good at making the decision. Just, and yeah. sometimes I don't blame him because there's only so many times you can get hit real, real hard like that before. It's just natural reaction where it's like you're looking out for yourself, you know? Just don't run so, out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage with the ball. It's that kind of stuff, right? And right. I hope that it's a situation where, you know, Sterling Gilbert was still able to, during the season last year, be able to point to some of the things that, you know, Tommy could fix while he was injured during the season, all while still helping himself and the team and the young guys. So, um, like I said, I pray, I, I want him, you know, none of us want him to do bad. You know, none of no one's like, well, I want this guy or I want, like, we want the best player to want to play. Like, just like we want, just like the coaches, just like the, the players on the team, the best player that can give you the best chance to win. That's who we want out there. So I'm cheering for him. Absolutely. But but this year, the backup isn't some of the backups that we've had the past couple of years. So no, they're and they're and they're ready to they're ready to fill a spot. Right. So. I mean, we got a guy behind him that he if he doesn't play well enough, like it's it might not take an an injury to lose his job. The last oh, two years. It took an injury for him to lose his job. This year, that might not be the case if he doesn't, you know, come out and do what he well, what he sh- wants to do. I can't remember if it was Mike or Tyler, but one of them was pretty much saying just that. I mean, the leash is short, and Tommy's leash—he doesn't get injured last year. We just put up with it, and he and gets, the year and before, he, and, uh, right? It's right, much like that, but. The leash You're is short. Clayton Welch and Rex Culpepper. I know it. I know it. You know, and and you know how the fans are, and and we'll deal with that if we have to. But, um, you know, the leash is short. The change can be made quick, and I don't think Coach. I do worry about some of the loyalty stuff, but at the end of the day, he wants to win. We all know he wants to win. But, yeah. But um, but he's got options this year, and that opens up a lot of things for Dino Babers. 
as a coach for all these coaches. And right. I think um, this game's going to tell us a lot. I do think this is a decent matchup. And I think we're all going to be able to come back here Sunday, um, Saturday night when we get fan feedback, and Sunday when we come back and do the actual show. I think we're going to know a whole lot more than we know now. And no, we it, definitely are. And, and it's going to be. <laughs> it's, it's 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 going to be from there. It's going to be a little bit easier to um, set your expectations for this team going forward. So with I have a question for you. Oh boy, what do you think? that that is why Zeno said from the beginning that he wants to make it black and white. Do you think that he said from the beginning, hey, guys, you guys got to make it black and white? Oh, so deep, he, he... Because deep down, loyalty was the yes, tiebreaker. Yes, yes, and that's, absolutely, I do think that that's what's going on right now. And that's why I mentioned in the last show that um, I may not have articulated it right, but it, in fact, I, I probably I know I didn't, but... That's kind of what I was saying, is that if it's not black and white, he's going to go with Tommy. But in Garrett Trader's defense, as the new kid on the block, for him to even be granted, okay, we're going to do a two-system, a two-quarterback system now, that says a lot about him and what he can do progressively through the year. And that's why when I think it was Michael that said, you know, he's going to be Tommy's going to be on a short leash. That, that that's absolutely correct because I think Dino knows the capabilities. I think we all know the capabilities of Garrett Trader and what he can do. And um, oh, I think yeah. Tommy knows it too. He's been in practice. He sees it. But yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think that the loyal, loyalty is the tiebreaker, and I think that's why we're looking at going into the Ohio game as Tommy as a starter. And this isn't a big deal either because. He's got the option. I think he put it out there to the press that we all expect to see both quarterbacks during this game, and it's right. and, and we're going to get to see them both in action. And I think, hopefully, that this will be the black and white for Dino Babers. And maybe no, I mean, he's maybe giving him that extra credit, right? Exactly, yeah. He's yeah. like, hey. He's taking like, it to the next level Yeah, did it make it black or white. Now go win your job. Right. If you don't, then Garrett's got second quarter. Like, right. That's legitimately what it is. Like, because what you're talking about, I mean, for the last two years, it wasn't even, there wasn't even a leash. You're talking about the last two years, there was a, yeah, no a dog collar with no batteries. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. like, it didn't matter. As long as he was healthy, he was starting. Right. So, this year, I mean, he put it out there and he laid it on the table. And I pretty much, I think that's what it was. I think that was his, when he said, oh, you know, there's going to be two quarterbacks that play, one of it is that maybe he hasn't seen enough from Schrader, hasn't seen him live to be able to break practices and go live against, you know, a defense that's trying to hit him. But also, I mean, the fact that he's like, look, this is kind of your last hurrah, buddy. Like, you got a chance here, but we're going to give this other guy a chance. And he said, you know, I'm, he, like you said, he's basically daring Tommy to go take the job. Because if not, then. The talk has been had, I'm sure. You know, right. But there's a situation. I mean, if DeVito comes out and kills it, then we might not even see Garrett Schrader and it might be OK. Tommy's a starter like in that might that might happen. Like if we, we there might be a situation where we only see Garrett Schrader because DeVito just threw for five touchdowns, carved up Ohio. And now Garrett Schrader's just getting garbage time. And that's right? a possibility. I, that's what I think. Possibility of right. he just runs out of bounds with the ball behind the line of scrimmage and tosses. If you do some of that stuff in the first quarter. I'm telling you, Garrett Schrader's going to get a drive. Yeah, He's going to get a chance. And now, I mean, and he could literally take it from him. He could take the whole season from him and just not stop running, not look behind him. I mean, that that and, could happen. And he's the guy that can do it. 
He's got the talent. He is. Yeah. So, um, Max Culpepper and Clayton Welch and all those guys weren't going to do it. They were not going to do it, unfortunately. Regardless of what many Syracuse fans thought last year, those guys mm-hmm. weren't going to be able to to reel that in and take control of that team and, and, and turn it into a winning program last year. It was just not going to happen, and it was circumstantial. It wasn't all their fault, but it was not going to happen. Um, no. All right, Joe, with that said, let's do picks. So uh, as, as we come into this preview um we did do our predictions last episode and i've got this as a w uh, and everything i've said i believe i don't i don't see a way where syracuse loses this game and oh that's overconfident but i just i'm pretty honest with you guys when i feel when i feel something and i don't see how they lose this game but i do think it's close 24 27 syracuse Mm. okay It's a little low scoring. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, I see a situation, too, where it could be 40, you know, 42 to 28. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm kind of – I mean, I'm not going to go that far with it. But um, <laughs> I've kind of, like, talked myself out of what I originally was thinking. Um, and – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 32-22. Okay. Syracuse, Syracuse. We get a late touchdown to go up ten. All right. Well, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I am going to ask. Should have, would have, could have done it before the show. I'm going to ask for your predictions via Twitter, via Facebook, and uh, we'll see if someone nails it. Someone nails it. Maybe we got something for you. Yeah. Uh, if you get the if you get it exactly right, and I think I did this a little <laughs> bit last year too. So. Yeah, you um, did, and I think somebody won, and you didn't give them anything. No, that's not true. Someone was off. I think it was. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, so I don't want to say. But someone was off by one point on one of the teams, on a score, and that's as close as it got. Because if someone if someone nailed it, trust me, I'd be. I, I would do something for him. I would do something for him. So, all right. Well, everybody, we really appreciate you for coming in and hanging out with us. If you didn't listen to the last episode, it's still relevant. You can check it out uh, over on iTunes, and uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate all of you for hanging out with us so much. Uh, Can't wait to get this football season kicked off. So excited. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You did it all hard. Didn't have anybody to steal it from me this time. (laughs) 